welcome to the Living in the Yum podcast. I'm your host, Emma Garrison, founder of The Body Solution, entrepreneur, mindset coach, NLP master practitioner, and lover of lifelong learning. Each week, the Living in the Yum series brings innovative, thought-provoking, and actionable content to help you to gain clarity, alignment, and connection with your soul and body. It's time to take action, to take an authentic stand for yourself, and unapologetically live more into the yum every single day. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to another week of Living in the Yum podcast. I'm so excited this week. I have my girl Rochelle here. She is a transformational coach, specifically working with the mamas in the world. And her mission, her life purpose here is to help moms move out of overwhelm and live more into an energized, calmer, and get a little bit more control over their emotions as they move through life. And I just love this so much. It's so in line with living life in the yum. And I think doing this with the mamas is is key because they're so focused on on everything but themselves. And so without further ado, Rochelle, welcome. I'm so happy to have your yummy spirit here. What an exciting adventure, and I'm really, really excited to be here, Emma. Like, it's, it's, um, it's truly an honor to be able to jam with you and to share my work, and I'm so very grateful for you having me in this beautiful, deliciously yummy space. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's my honor as well. And it's, it's so fun to, to get to grow in this space with other people who are doing such meaningful things. And Rochelle and I are in a a mastermind of sorts together and we get to watch each other grow and move through sort of the uncomfortable parts of this business and having your face as the brand and what it really means to niche down and be sure that you're serving the people that you're um, most aligned with and that your soul feels like is, is where the yum is. So it's, it's been such a good time, such an honor connecting and, and getting to witness you through this process. So um, I've loved every minute of it. Thank you. It's, it's been amazing, hasn't it? Really watching people expand and grow and get out of their own way. Like it's, it's yeah. definitely been a process and, and realizing that our medicine means something. Can we all have our own unique thing that we bring to the world? And, you know, it's just beautiful witnessing people step up and step through all the things that come up as you're stepping up and stepping through because they do and they come up for everyone. And, and it's, uh, you know, coming back to that beautiful place where we, we realize that it's still going to be there, all those little, little stepping stones. It's uh, about re- recognizing that they're there and then keep stepping in. It's quite, it's, it's an amazing experience, really. Oh my gosh. Amen, sister. Say it louder for the people in the back. It's like, it's one of those things where um, we make up assumptions. I actually have a post coming up about this, um, which by the time this airs, it will have already posted, but uh, about this idea of like, we have a specific perception of how everybody else is living and being based on social media. And like, um, especially with the people in this space, Sometimes you don't get to see their messiness because they're working on holding other people or they don't want to be seen in that light or whatever. And I think that's one of the most beautiful pieces of getting into group programs specifically for us, like in this specific niche of growing your coaching business, because it's like the work is never done. It's never going to be done. There's always going to be stuff showing up and um, edges to lean into and the fear and 
it's fun to have the reminder that we're not alone in that and that like everybody experiences the discomfort and it's just a matter of how you choose to move forward. Like you look at the Lizzo's and the Beyonce's or the people in our space, like Preston, for example, who's our, who's um, the leader of our mastermind group and uh, Preston smiles and you think, oh, they've got it all figured out. And for a lot of people, that's the perception they want you to have. And so we're like fooled by this external false reality um, into believing that whatever we're going through is not the norm or not okay, or nobody else knows what it's like or whatever. And so it's fun to get to experience that with each other and to speak it into a safe space. Absolutely. And, and to recognize that it's there and everyone's still, everyone's having the same things come up that, that you are. And it's very interesting that you talk about it this way, because this is what started my whole journey into, um, you know, learning to love myself again and learning that recognizing that my journey as a mother was very different how I was being perceived as how I was thinking of myself. And it was the same, all the things coming up and especially in motherhood, you know, we don't talk about, oh, oh, today, you know, my children, I actually wanted to, you know, physically remove myself for them because I was not handling it. <laughs> like it's something that you don't say, but it's such a real part of motherhood, a normal part of motherhood that we, we sort of, totally we think we're not doing the right thing because that's coming up um and it's the same in the coaching it's same in pretty much everywhere I feel like the part of being human we don't get to miss out on this this whole experience that we don't talk about this you know then the you know perceived negative stuff that comes up in our minds that if we spoke about it all the time we would realize that everybody has the same sort of thought processes and it's and it's normal to have those but we still get to decide where we want to be and how we need to show up to get there. And then we get to keep taking the steps, even though the fear, the uncomfortability or the, you know, um, a different ideal of what, what is popping up for us, we still get to keep moving forward if we want to get somewhere that we haven't been before. Yes. Okay. So I love this concept because we're so conditioned and programmed by society, no matter where you are in the world. This is a perfect example. We're in two different countries and we both have had the same experience. And like, we are programmed to believe that a certain label means a certain thing. So like, if I'm professional, I don't swear. Or if I'm a good mom, I have to love my kids even when they're screaming, which is true and it's underlined, but we don't get this freedom or the perception is that we aren't allowed, quote, to have this freedom of like, I'm an amazing mom and I love my children and they can drive me nuts and I can want to lock myself in the bathroom for a second. Like, that's okay too. That doesn't make me any less of a mom, but we're so taught to believe that we like put ourselves in these little boxes of if I'm a good mom, that means X, Y, Z, and it can't mean anything else. Like the polarity of it all is, is huge. And I think I've faced off with that a little bit with, um, overlapping my coaching and consulting world of like, oh, consulting at corporate means that I can't integrate thought patterns and belief patterns and what it looks like to shift and know that you have a choice. And we actually just did that with a client um, this earlier this week. 
And it changed their entire experience and they'll automatically experience results of profitability and productivity increasing just based on that platform. But I was under the impression of, oh, I can't bring that into the corporate world because that's not what corporate professionals believe. And it's like, hello, we're all human beings. And I imagine there's a lot of similarities with that especially with the mom stuff, because there's so much expectation around what it means to be a good mom and what externally that needs to look like. A hundred percent. And I love it that you're, you hit, hit the nail on the head that it's it's everywhere in life. It's not like we get to get out of it <laughs> in, in any aspect, because I feel like it's part of just being human is we put a label on something and then it's it's challenging on whether we we um, meet up to that label or something. There's an expectation there, and then in in setting up an expectation of how it should be, like this made up <laughs> rule of how it should be, and accepting a made up rule of how it should be, means that yeah. then there's an opportunity for this gap of the difference between where we are and this expectation. And it's it's in that gap that we get all this frustration and annoyance and overwhelm um, because it's it's the gap of the the difference but everybody lives in that gap and and we and we get to kind of accept that that we we're all human we're all doing the best we can with the skills that we have and yeah I love I love that you're bringing in all this stuff to the corporate world because it's it's amazing how in this day and age and where we're headed like everything is merging and it's all just about mindset and where our brains are at and um, we can change what's happening on the inside of our heads which is very easy to do because we're in control of that and our outside world will change dramatically and like you said with your client you know you're, you're seeing not only the the change happening through changing the mindset you're not only seeing the change happening in their their corporate work but their entire life changes because you're getting to the root cause of the problem and not just the band-aid cause of whatever's happening in their in their corporate world you know yeah totally oh my gosh yeah and I I mean, we're so, it's safer for us to live within those labels and boundaries because that's what is expected almost. And I think that it's such a prison, really. And, um, and I think getting to wiggle yourself free of that, one of, one of my biggest ahas in this label and polarization game is like, you're the only one who can really set yourself free from that label and expectation. Like the external world is going to continue to change and say, I mean, it's like, it's like the fashion industry, like, okay, this hat is cool or fashionable right now. Maybe in two years it won't be. So I'm going to stop wearing this hat because it's not fashionable. And like, that's the exact thing that shows up everywhere with motherhood, motherhood specifically, I think, you know, it's like no co-sleeping. Yes. Co-sleeping. No. I mean, I don't know the ins and outs because I'm not a mother yet, but like, I'm sure you could come up with so many examples of like, this is the quote right thing to do. This is the not right thing to do. Okay. How are you showing up in these different ways to be sure you're aligning with whatever society is telling you? And then there's the people who are like, I'm going to do the opposite of what society is telling me. And I'm just going to do the opposite because I want like the freedom and the choice. And I'm going to do what makes me unique or whatever. And it's such a funny game of we're just constantly waiting around when we're, when we're running on autopilot and like not paying attention to the subconscious mind and, 
paying, letting like the ego mindset in the driver's seat. We're just listening to what's happening around us and saying, oh, okay, I guess I'll do that now. I guess I'll do that now. Oh, this hat's not cool anymore. I guess I won't wear it. Instead of taking a stand to say, Hmm, what do I want? Like, what is it that I'm craving? How do I want to be a mom? How do I want to raise my kids? What do I want to teach them? Amen to that. I feel like that's the biggest, the biggest thing I was thinking as you, as you were talking is how often in motherhood, you know, from the very beginning, everyone has an opinion and they're telling you about it. And there's so much information out there. Like I always find it really interesting, even with pregnancy, how, um, people think it's okay all of a sudden to comment on a woman's body and what size she is mm. and all of those things. And you're like, hold on, that was not okay when I was not pregnant. I don't understand why yeah. all of a sudden you're licensed to tell me, yeah, what, what shape my body is and whether it's acceptable from where I am in my gestation or um, it's, it just blows my mind that that's something they wait till we've got pregnancy hormones before they, they think it's okay oh. to start talking about that. It's crazy how society works. Totally. But it's, it's that thing. It's what you're just, what you're just talking about is that we sort of looking outside of ourselves for all of these answers, which are actually inside. And in motherhood, it's so you get bombarded with so much information and you want to do such a good job. And I feel like if that's what mums really come back to is it's actually the reason why they're so overwhelmed is because they want to do so well and they're trying so hard, which is beautiful. It's a beautiful thing about who they are and how they are in the world and who they are as a mum to their parent. And if they could recognise their level of stress and overwhelm that's coming up for them is a total it's a just a total indicator of how beautiful they are as a mama and how much they want for their family and then find a way that they can you you know change that feeling because it's not a great way to operate in by coming back to who they are and coming back to trusting themselves and their own choices and seeing how truly amazing they are because you know, we're looking outside at all these different things, which is beautiful because motherhood, we have, there's so many amazing examples of motherhood out there and it's good to try on so many different things, but it's, it's all a learning about, and that's what I, that's what I do. It's what I love. It's my passion. It's all a learning about coming back to who you are and what feels good, what feels yum. I mean, you've hit it on the head with your entire, (laughs) entire who you are and what you are, what you're being. We make it so overcomplicated. If it feels good, then do that. And if it's not feeling good anymore, then make a different choice. It's not, it's not rocket science, but as humans, we love to overcomplicate it to kind of justify what we're doing. It's uh-huh. simple. Come back to how you're feeling. Yeah. I love that you bring that up too, like coming back to center as a mom, because again, I don't know this from experience, but I have some friends who are moms and I obviously know a lot of moms in my life. And I think it's so easy, especially as a new mom with younger kids to lose you in the process of being mom. And a part of me is like, oh my God, that's so beautiful. Like you have this new reason to live and there's this like yummy connection. I mean, a couple of my very best friends have started to have kids in the last year and it's just like unreal. I mean, even as somebody who's not birthing the child and I'm just like, oh my God, I could stare at him for days. And I can't imagine what that connection is like when it's your own flesh and blood, but it's, I would imagine it's so easy to quickly be like, I'm not a human being anymore other than just being mom, which is a gift and beautiful. And it's not 
always aligned and centered, especially um, to your point of having all of these different opinions. I mean, like everybody has opinions about parenting and about what you should, should or shouldn't be doing with breastfeeding or should or shouldn't be doing with sleeping or should or shouldn't be doing while you're pregnant. And like, it's all over the place. So how would you suggest um, in the midst of everybody's opinions and in the midst of really diving into motherhood and almost losing a sense of who you are, how do you bring that back to center? Like, what does that even look like as a mom? I love that question because it's such an important thing. And I, I think what we what we sort of society has taught us is to put everybody else first in motherhood. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you, you know, to be the perfect mom, you put your children first and you do, and you cater to all the needs of your family. And that's, this is the key, one of the biggest key components in, in the work that I do is, is filling your own cup first. And it's actually really to be selfish and to go back to yourself and shower yourself with love. Your cup becomes so full that, it, you know, if, if you're putting the intention in filling your own cup first, so figuring out what makes you feel really, really good and doing more of it or spending time, just small amounts of time, because that's usually what you have as a mum, <laughs> just tiny bits can make a huge difference is filling that cup up. So you're so full that wherever you go, whoever you're with, if the love is splashing out of your own cup because you've made sure that your self-love game is on point and you're mm. full of, you're full and you can give more. But it's, it's that constantly giving without replenishing your own source that makes it makes you get a beautiful deep dive down that so many women feel and it's um it's it's a borrowed it's a borrowed way of thinking that you need to put everybody else first you know to to be able to give more and to be more for your family you need to put you as number 1 and it, it's it's that simple and it's it's not just motherhood it's anywhere in life you know you have to you, relying on other people to feel your love love tank up um is is really unfair for them for one but also they're never going to get it right because they don't feel what yeah. you feel inside your body so that's you know the biggest thing I think in motherhood is going, hold on, where are my needs? Where are they not being met? And how can I meet them to make myself feel really yum? So I've got more to give to everybody around me. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I, um, for those of you who tuned in, I did a podcast. I think I called it like selfishness selfish selflessness is selfish or something like that um a couple weeks back so check it out if you haven't listened in but i go really deep into this idea of like our so my my outside perspective from this mom game is like okay i'm putting my kids first like you said that's what the world tells you like put your kids first that's what's how how to be the perfect mom or the best mom and in doing that what value are you receiving like what are you making that mean about you if you're putting your kids first and what the world tells us to believe is that you are being a great mom by putting your kids first and that's really great from an external perspective but like you're saying you're putting your kids first as a need to be fulfilling your ego of being a quote, good mom. So like, are you really putting your kids first because you want to put them first? Or are you putting them first because you want to be a good mom? And like, that's an identity thing. That's a, 
this is this is the label game of like a good mom means putting my kids first. My perspective, and I can hear it clearly from you, is like, no, being a good mom means taking care of you first, playing the selfish game a little bit so that you're able to become selfless because the selflessness, most of the time, the like meta outcome of, I'll speak for myself, I mentioned this in the podcast, like I used to, um, every time I went through Starbucks and when I was living in Utah, there was always a homeless person on the corner, like consistently, and it would be snowing and it's cold. And I would buy them a coffee and a tart or whatever, you know, something to give them um, every single time I went. And when I peeled the layers back of that, like upfront and external view, that's a really bomb ass thing to do. Like, go girl, you're giving back to the community. You're such a good person. Wow. That's so nice of you, whatever. When I peeled the layers back, that was about me needing value, me needing to establish like, oh, I'm contributing to my community. I'm a good person. If I do this, da, 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 da. like that wasn't actually about, oh, I'm really serving this forward for somebody else. Yeah. There was components of that. But like, when you really look into it for me, it was how am I contributing as a human being? And that was filling an internal need, not a need for somebody else. And I see a lot of similarities in the motherhood aspect of like putting your kids first is a beautiful thing. But if you are doing that before putting yourself first, you're just fill, filling an ego need as opposed to um, doing that from an aligned place. And I think there's a there's a really delicate balance of both that gets to happen, but it's um, it's a balance it can't be all or, or nothing. Yeah. And I love that because, um, I do think still though, it's, it's a beautiful thing that what you what you, what you were talking about, it's a beautiful give thing, giving back. And yes, it is about self. Um, but it's, it's still a beautiful thing. So I don't know. I, I I'm a bit like when you're saying ego, I'm like, Oh, interesting. That's like coming <laughs> up to me, but that that's something I get to work through obviously. Um, because it's still a beautiful thing. And like, why are we, why are we then making it not so beautiful? You know, like, yeah, <laughs> totally. It's one of those things too. I, I, I still am kind of navigating it and I needed a outlet to get it out. So I use the podcast for that, but Gorgeous. the, it took me, weeks before I posted it because I couldn't get my own thoughts organized around it the same way where, where I was like, but this is a good thing and I am contributing and I do want to do that in this world. And and then going back on the like, okay, and it's like an egotistical um, meta, meta model is in neuro-linguistic programming, we call that meta outcome. But um, it's it's a really interesting mind game to to go down that path. So We'll we'll lead everybody to that episode of the podcast and and see what feels aligned. I'm curious on feedback of that, but um, but I'd I'd imagine from listening to you talk about the mamas, it's like we've we've got to take care of of mom first, hundred percent. And it's just like it's like on the airplane where the uh, oxygen mask comes down, and you need to fit your oxygen mask on before you can fit your children mask. Yeah. It's exactly the same concept. You need to be able to fill your love cup up before you're able to fill theirs up. I mean, you can you can fill theirs up. You're an amazing person and you have amazing skills and you've, you've worked these people into the world, but um, you won't have as much to give if you don't fill up your cup first. And so I think that's the biggest thing is is coming back to self constantly to be able to to feel, to have more to give if that's what you're after and if that's your if that's your egotistical or that's actually your who you are aligned if you're wanting more to give however it comes 
is you need to be able to to put you first. And if we take like a big zoom out on life, you know, and you want to be an amazing parent, when you don't want your children to grow up. I mean, really, childhood is such a small part when we take a zoom out. Um, it's, it's You want your children to grow up with a healthy love for themselves so that they know that they're very important. And the way that they learn that is by role modelling. And so if you're there and you're going, hey, hold on, mummy needs a break, mummy needs to do something for herself, then they realise that it's okay for them as they're growing up or when things come up for them, that it's okay for them to go, hey, hold on, that's not working for me, I need a break and I need to just refill up myself right now so it's it's very interesting when you actually get like dive into the nitty-gritty because if you take the zoom out that it's it's the role modeling to your children like going and learning and I had a lot of um slack from my immediate family for going and doing lots of personal development work and taking time away from the children to to spend time on in, in being the best version of who I am and that was very very interesting because it came up quite a bit um and that's because of that whole society thing that you've got to put all your children first. So I should be there a hundred percent of the time and dedicating all of my time to them. And I was like, hold on, but I'm doing that and I'm not feeling very good. And it's in me not feeling very good. Like as, as a mum, we dictate our emotional state dictates the emotional state of the whole family. Like you can't get away from that. If you're in a bad, angry, squabbly face place, then that's what your family is going to reflect back to you. So it's, 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 I mean, it's more than just motherhood. It's there everywhere in, world, in the world. But it was so important for me because I was like, hold on, I'm not feeling good right now. And how do I go about feeling good? Because if I looked at my photos on my phone, I had an amazing life. And then mm-hmm. how I was feeling inside. So it was the same as what you're talking about on social media. Like, you know, you have you have this perfect projection of what's happening. But if you're not feeling that way on the inside, then it's time to do something about it. Go out and get the tools that you need to to navigate that and get through it because it, it's totally life-changing because it's all up here. It's all just a mind yeah. game. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Totally. I love that you bring up like the pictures on my phone would show that I have some amazing life and I'm not maybe necessarily aligned or feeling that right now on the inside. And I, a lot of days I have this office here that I'm in right now, which is great for podcast recording because it's quiet. And a lot of my days I spend at this cute coffee shop down the street from my house. Cause it's, I like the hustle and bustle of it. Um, and it's a well-known spot that a lot of like bloggers come and take photos. Cause it's very cute the way that it looks in there. Um, It's very well decorated and people like that. And I watch all day, every day that I'm there. Girls come in, um, some young, some older, all ages, come through, get their coffee, spend 30 minutes taking photos of each other, like laughing and smiling. And this is so fun. And then I watch them sit down and like finish their coffees and eat their snack or whatever. And there's like no talking. They're just heads down on their phone, no interaction, Like the joy that they're representing in those photos is not the reality of what this is a third party perception. So this is just like whatever I'm making up in my head, but I'm not experiencing them having the same joy that they're showing in those photos, but we're so taught and trained like to put that out there, let people see that, but it's not necessarily a reality. Um, So it's, it's so interesting that you bring that up. I was literally sitting at that coffee shop yesterday thinking I'm going to post about this because there's so much, I don't want to say that it's fake because 
I don't know that it's fake. It's just how we've been taught to represent ourselves to the outside world. It's not okay to have all of this other stuff going on, or it's not okay that I'm not happy all the time, or it's not okay that I'm not enjoying every second with my kids, even when they're having a tantrum. <laughs> it's uh, it's so true because I I'm, I don't know if you can enjoy every second with your children <laughs> because you know it's it's kids are beautiful because they they bring up all of the triggers that we have not healed from childhood so they're perfect mm-hmm. at like pushing all the buttons which is beautiful <laughs> but it's interesting you're talking into that sort of let's let like. The difference in reality, and I, I did a post about this recently because my husband and I separated um, at the end of last year, and we've got five kids. So I, it's been like this amazing experience for me in realizing that it's okay to have multiple layers happening at one time. I can feel like I, it's a it's a really good positive experience, and then sometimes there's sadness there as well about it not being the same, and as there's annoyance about what's happened that's transpired to be there. But and there's also this like deep um, deep trusting of the universe, and there's something bigger at play for me. And so it's interesting that we think, oh, we can only be happy or we can only be in that joyful state or, you know, we can only, it's, there's layers, we're humans, baby. There's multiple things happening at the one time. And it's, it's a bit because we've had so much life experience that it just, there's, there's different levels of things occurring at all times. It's not like you, you, you can have your beautiful joy and blissful moment and then also be totally stressed because you're worried about something happening with the children or, you know, your hair wasn't right in the Instagram photo or whatever it was. <laughs> it's, it's okay to be experiencing more than one thing at one time. Yeah. I love that. And that is the micro of the macro of the label game of like, you can be more than one thing. We are multidimensional beings. And yeah, I can laugh. Like I remember, um, I, the town that I grew up in experienced a lot of young deaths, some of them freak accidents, some of them like drug overdose or suicide, things like that. And so from a very young age, that was a big part of my world and just how to navigate the death game. And, and that's hard to do as, you know, a 13, 14 year old kid and being around a bunch of other kids who are also trying to navigate what that looks like and how to heal and cope. And like, what does it mean? And, you know, there's all of these big questions that, um, I I wouldn't change the way I've experienced them, but it was really difficult as a kid to navigate. And, um, at that young of an age, And one of the things, one of the stories that I told myself about that was like, oh, we're sad right now. That means like no laughing. We can't have fun or joy or experience any type of laughing. And like, I'm a 13 year old kid and yeah, I'm in this depth of heartache and like confusion and what is even happening. And I also made that mean that I couldn't reflect on the good times and, and laugh with people who also loved him and the people that we were grieving and I think that's that's one of the my deepest experiences of seeing you can still be sad and grieving and laugh and love on the times that were so yummy. And I think it's the same thing of like you can have really joyful moments with your kids and also have a lot of confusion and sadness around this divorce. And like my whole life is changing. You can have both. And and I'll speak for myself like I 
have spent a lot of my life buying into the belief of like, if you're experiencing this thing, this is the way you feel about it. And like, that's the only way you can be. And that's so suffocating and toxic and like, no, just allow and just be and let whatever come up, come up. And I think that's such a beautiful thing that you brought up. I love, I love, I love that, especially with emotion, because it's such a big, a big topic on what we're allowed to experience and what we're allowed to feel. And it's, it's very interesting when you talk about um, experiencing a, a lot of death and especially at the age of 13, I feel like teenagehood is such a challenging time because first of all, the whole world is out to get you. Like I remember having my daughter, I had my daughter, like we're in hospital and they're like, wait till she's a teenager. And I'm like, she, she's, I just literally had her. <laughs> I've got time. It's like the whole world is against you as a teenager. They've all got these really interesting perceptions of what a teenager is. And then in teenagehood, you also experience the full gamut of emotions and you really can understand, you can see how that will affect you for the entire, your entire life. Like as a smaller child, you, you might feel sadness in the moment, but we're very much in the moment then and we don't see how that will affect our entire life. And once you come, as you're coming into teenagehood, you have an awareness of, of your timeline and, you know, how long that's going to be around for. And you have the full emotional experience, but you haven't had the life experience yet mm-hmm. that, that, that makes you aware that it's going to be okay in time because you kind of haven't quite got to that full awareness of the time yet, but you're getting there. So you've, you've got, it's such a huge emotional roller coaster. And, um, I, yeah, I, th- I find it really interesting. My, my, my beautiful sons and my stepchildren and their brother passed away. And one of the most, um, empowering experiences as mum was supporting them through that moment. And, mm-hmm. and I love that you spoke into that deep, deep sadness, but also being bringing joy and celebration of their life to help you release some of that like it's okay to laugh and and have fun and come together um to celebrate their life even though you know it, there's there's so much grief and and loss and and sadness present as well there can be all of the things at once yeah 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 it's um i mean we could death is such an interesting maybe not death specifically, the aftermath and the experience of emotions after death is just so fascinating. And I think one of the ultimate examples of this polarity game. So I I can't imagine what that was like as, as a mama moving through that with your kids and, and helping them um, navigate the allowing and navigate the releasing and navigate the it's, it's okay. We've got this. We can feel however we want to feel. And I think, I think that's one of the biggest parts of this whole conversation is like the shoulding or, yeah. you know, and, oh, it's like the should game is so, I love it when, um, when people are talking about shoulding and they're like, they're just shoulding all over me. Like the analogy with shitting all over you. It. It's so funny. <laughs> I love that. It's true. It's like, stop, stop shitting on me. <laughs> I love that. I feel like that's a red flag for me. As soon as somebody says I should, I'm like, whoop. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, back it up. The truth is, I'll speak for myself, the biggest shooting is what I should on myself. 100%. Yeah. I, I, unbelievably so. And I feel like that's the beautiful thing in, in 
in what what we do is in helping people realize that coming back to yourself and deciding your own way of being without having to listen to what the society's ideals or the shoulds or you know all the all the shoulds is is the biggest thing it's the way you end up shining and being a beautiful light to the world is because you let allowing yourself to let all those things go and come back to who you are and letting your true self shine because the labels are beautiful and they do help us communicate with each other when we're talking in labels it's how we um allow each other to see what we're what we're trying to get across our point we're trying to get across there's a reason they exist but we're not defined by them we're very everybody has its superpower like my my absolute superpower is being who i am without having to be anything else than that you know and it's been a long journey for me and it's never going to end I don't think like there's always going to be a journey into coming back to self and removing all the labels and and just being who I am and allowing that to shine but the longer I go into that journey the more I reach out to people to help me get through different layers when they come up um, the more at peace I become and so the more I get to give the world and the more I get to give my family and the more I get to give myself because I'm not reaching outside of myself anymore for who I am. And so, and it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a long-term game. I totally understand that it's, I'm not there yet and there's more stuff to come, more layers to go, but it does change how I show up in the world because I'm coming back to how I feel in the moment and I feel that's a be- it's a beautiful thing. I always um, talk about how our values in life kind of set our compass of where we're going and then our emotions are literally just guides on whether we're in alignment or we're not. So if we're feeling not so good emotions coming up, then we get to stop and go, hold on, why are they here? What am I not listening to from myself that I get to come back to listen to and and be, and and then make that change. <laughs> like, like it sounds yeah. very simple, but <laughs> it feels like a roller coaster sometimes. Oh my gosh, yeah, it does. And I the simplicity of it is is like what makes me shake myself and want to shake everybody around me of like, oh my God, all we have to do is sit here and take a couple deep breaths and like really get centered and listen to what we want. And it's, it's the simplicity of it is so beautiful and so magic. And when it's aligned and in tune, it's perfect. And the reality is like, we're experiencing 20 billion things at one time of expectations of other people, expectations you put on yourself, all of the shooting, all of the, what's the right thing to do? Like all of that is flying at us. And when we're emotionally involved or emotionally, like if emotions are um, high, whether super great or maybe not so great, that will throw roadblocks. Like the ultimate Rondori of what do you choose of like, can you really get quiet when Um, like quiet internally when all of this stuff is flying around you. And I think motherhood is like the ultimate example of that, of the kids. I mean, just constantly go, 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 go. Um, Can you get centered? And that's so beautiful. Yeah. And I think it's, it's interesting in motherhood because a lot of the things with, with, that we're, we're taught around centering take a long period of time. Like, you know, the meditation and 
going to retreats and all of this sort of thing. It's like centering is is really about coming back to your breath and coming back to what feels good. And I always mm-hmm. talk about the the three seconds it takes to walk from when your children are screaming and you shut the door, the car door, like you've strapped them all in, it's been a battle, they're in the car and you shut the door and there's three seconds that you walk around to your side of the car door and it's almost, it's muffled muffled it's almost silent and if you can recenter in those few seconds before you open your door and that mom starts again then that's a beautiful thing but that's all it takes is like these these tiny little micro pockets um to bring yourself back to who you are to who you are and who you get to be and who you want to be but mm-hmm. when you were talking about emotion it really um it brings up another thing for me that I, I find really interesting and that's is we love to label emotions um, and and it's good and it helps us explain what we're experiencing to other people, but they're just energy in our body. And so it's another part of the work that I do is just about moving the emotion that's present in your body. So if, if you look at emotion as just being energy, it's an amazing life-changing experience. If you go, you've got really a lot of emotion like built up and usually we could label that as like anger or rage, then it's about getting that out of your body. So a primal scream, driving around the car screaming exactly what you wanted to say and you did it, is a beautiful release for that or into a pillow if that's what you need to do. Or, you know, dancing it out, like really moving your body to move the energy is such it's such an amazing thing. My um daughter the last two nights at in just before she goes to bed, she says she's been she's been getting really sad. And she'll yell out to me, Mom, I'm 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 really sad and I come in and she's crying and I said, Do you know why you're sad? And she said She's like, she's no, because as moms, you know, we're like, we need to know why, why they're sad so we can fix it. Um, that's, that's my old conditioning. And I'm like, do, so I said to her last night, do you need to know why you're sad? Can we just work with the emotion? And she was, she said, no, I don't need to know. So then we get a book out and we draw because for her, I give them options, you know, do they want to punch it out? My son loves the physical movement of of motion, so he loves punching stuff when he's angry. So we get him like a pillow and he'll punch stuff out. Um, Or he'll draw because he's an artist because drawing it, getting it out of your body and drawing it on paper in different colours and adding words if it needs to be added and it it actually you can see your child actually shift through the process and it's – it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful experience. Like they'll, all of a sudden they'll be drawing in red or they'll be scribbling like that and they'll add, add a word or add a color and then, um, and then something shifts in them and you can see it and they'll, they'll change their color or they'll start drawing a different kind of thing because that energy has, we've taken it from inside of us and we've put it outside and we can do that by movement. We can do it by drawing. We can do it by screaming. We can do it any way we want to, but it's, if we just look at it as an energy, as opposed to something that's good or bad or right or wrong, or it's, it's a a life changing experience for, for you, for motherhood, primal screaming in motherhood. I swear my neighbors think I'm crazy because I'll drive off like in the car. But it's what well, you need that sometimes in, in, in motherhood because that stuff comes up. Yeah. Yeah. What's coming up for me right now is this uh, concept that you've, you've been hitting on of uh, the only way out is through. And I'll speak for myself as a recovering suppressor. <laughs> um, 
I, the suppression, for, oh, oh, there's so many components to this, but like for me, suppression was like, I'm too scared to go there or yeah. I don't have time for that or I don't want to. And really all of that is fear-based. Um, and when I've done a lot of deep work around this and still continue to do so because it's been so big for me. And what I've, what I've come back to is, uh, I, I love, obviously I have so much love for my parents. They're amazing. They were amazing parents. Um, and they were very much so in fix it mode. So like you were saying of, I want to know why she's sad so I can fix it. I was raised very much in like, oh, you're crying and getting a pat on the back and a hug of, it's okay. You're okay. Let's get a Band-Aid. You're good. Let's go. Okay. Get yourself up. We're okay. You're okay. You're okay. And all of that is such beautiful intent. And it's not allowing the energy to move. So I don't know if you saw this. I'm sure you did. If not, I'll send it to you. I posted this on my Facebook. It was a reshare of a video that went viral of this dad who's... I don't know how old, maybe two-year-old, 18 months, was having this huge tantrum. And he just sat there and witnessed and let his kid move through this and scream it out. And like you see at one point the kid kind of like banging on his dad with his arms. And dad just sits there and holds the space and allows him to move through. And I think these ideas that you're presenting about like letting my kid draw or letting my kid, you know, scream it out or hit a pillow if he needs to hit a pillow, like just really deeply honoring what they're experiencing. I think as adults specific, I'll speak for myself again, again, I don't have children, but you know, I'm seeing, I, I was babysitting one of my uh, good friends, kids, and I consider her kids like my niece and nephew. And there was this blow up snowman that they had. It was around Christmas time and the snowman kept deflating. You know, you like plug it into the wall and it yeah. pops up and it kept deflating. And this was like catastrophic for the kids. And my initial instinct was like, oh, let's distract. Like, do you guys want to build a fort with the couches? And I was reflecting after I left and it worked and they were distracted and it was great. And they didn't care about the snowman anymore. And it was like, as I was leaving there, I was like, oh my gosh, I was not honoring their experience of the snowman and how sad that was. And like, I quickly told them, we don't need to be sad about that. There's so many other fun things. And it's so easy from an adult perspective to want to fix it and to want to, let's just play with something new. And that teaches our kids how to respond to the emotion coming up. And I think it's all with such beautiful intent. And there's always, I mean, this is one thing that I've learned in this work, like no matter who you are, you've got shit to work through from how you were parented. Like there's no right or wrong way. And that's where the shooting becomes so humorous because like you're, you're going to mess your kid up either way. So like pick your poison and move forward with it. Everybody's going to have shit afterwards. And, um, and so it can be a rabbit hole, but I think anyways, coming back to the allowing and like honoring their emotions, regardless of what they are and letting them move through them. I think that's such an amazing thing that you're doing with your kids. And I know you're teaching moms all around. So that's just like, that's where the yum is. It's just letting them do their thing. It doesn't matter if they're a year old or 15 years old, let them move through what they're moving through. We don't need to discredit it or distract them or move away from getting that energy to come through them and move up and out. Absolutely. And it's, um, it's beautiful what you were just saying. I feel like I was learning as you were talking. <laughs> I watched that video that you're talking about and that was, that was deeply, um, it really hit a, a nerve, a, not a nerve. It really, I felt that deep in my soul and I was like, oh, I can be more compassionate. I can be more 
I can have more space for my children in stuff. It really did change a lot for me. And um, and just as you were talking there, that allowing the catastrophic snowman experience, it's like <laughs> I'm, like, I'm thinking through some examples where I was like, oh, yeah, no, I do often deflect <laughs> the children. There are moments where I'm, I do have space, but I can always go deeper and deeper with this. And I, I love that you just hit on that in such a big way because it's true. We do, um, we, it's very hard to see somebody you love so deeply go through big emotions that you know don't feel good. And it's, it takes a lot of, uh, clearing out of your own stuff in that area that uh, that allows you to have space to be there for your children in that and that's I feel it's it's always as a, as a mum it's always going to be something that you get to learn and go through and I, I love that you were talking about it see that see that catastrophic moment for that child that snowman going down is going to be a trigger at some point in their lives <laughs> way yeah. down the track that catastrophe yeah. is going to come back like this is the, the amazing thing in, in some of the work I do called timeline therapy which is is amazing you'll go back to something and that could be the moment and and what you're talking about is if we just accept that we're going to fuck our children up um <laughs> it's a much easier thing like I think my parents were amazing and I had an, an unbelievably stable and uh, amazing upbringing like they were there for me all the time and and I have so much that I've got to work through that yeah. I think I can take my hat off to anyone who's experienced major trauma or um, experienced a less than loving home because I had that and I still have so many things that are um, triggers for me and so much work that I've got to walk, I've, I've got the pleasure of walking through even though it didn't feel pleasurable at the time sometimes but the after effect is so amazing that it was it's pleasurable on, on looking back at it. And, um, but that what you were talking about, that catastrophe for your, for the, for your, you know, niece and honorary niece and nephew is that will be a moment for them that will later on in life come up because, yeah, it's just, it's just how we work as humans. We sort of have these big emotions, which is why when we, we have so many triggers during childhood, because you have these big emotions, but no way to, regulate them or get them out so they're just stored there so when you do timeline therapy the most amazing thing is that you go back and you just learn the lesson that you didn't get to learn at the time that when you learn that lesson it releases all of that emotion Mm -hmm. which is a crazy amazing experience have you done timeline therapy emma um, I don't know. I've, I don't know if it's technically timeline therapy. I don't know what the differences are, but um, we do very, very similar work in neuro-linguistic programming of, yeah. of tapping into the subconscious space in your mind and going back to these moments that like I as a, you know, 28 year old can't remember my catastrophic snowman experience. But when you really take the time and go back, take a look at it, it's, it's, um, I don't know if this is similar to timeline therapy, but there's, our brains don't know the difference between a made up imaginative reality and what actually happened. So we can recreate those experiences and like pass out resources to everybody who's in the experience and, and reimagine it in a new way to, like you said, get that lesson and let it land in your nervous system and move forward. So I don't know if that's similar to timeline therapy, but very similar. 
the same concept. And it's like our unconscious mind really wants us to win. Like our mind wants us to win, wants us to feel really good. I feel like that that's actually our sole purpose on this planet is to feel deep, immense love and bliss. Like following your yum is the most perfect medicine that you can bring to the world because our unconscious mind knows that feeling bad isn't good. So eventually you're going to look at it. So if there was something big that happened, and usually these are times around big negative emotions, that something really big that happened and you didn't learn a lesson that will serve you for the future. So a positive lesson that will serve you for the future, then that the unconscious mind will store a negative emotion, which it knows negative emotions like anger, sadness, fear, guilt, shame, that they are actually really detrimental to our body and storing them creates massive health problems in the future. But it's so important that that lesson was learnt because it's going to catapult you into the the future that it's actually willing to leave some negative emotion there so that you'll go back and have a look at it because eventually – you're going to hit rock bottom and go, hold on, I don't want to feel like this anymore. Let me go and find out what it was. So it can be that catastrophic incident with the snowman that they've that they've put this beginning emotion on. And the the incident might be that, you know, that that the the lesson they might have needed to learn was that they their emotions that they don't have to feel such big emotions around a snowman going down or that they can fix the situation or that they're, you know, it could be such a multitude of things depending on where their life path is headed. But they didn't learn the lesson in that time so that they can store, not necessarily that they did, but they can store um, this thing around it because they needed to learn a lesson through that that they didn't get to learn. Or maybe they did get to learn it because they have a beautiful auntie who's (laughs) who's shown them (laughs) that life is not just about snowmen and so they've worked through it. But um, it's, it's amazing how our brain works and when we figure out how our brain works and how we store things and how our, our, our mind does amazing things for, for us mm-hmm. that we can go and heal those things and, and clear them out and, and change the world. It's, it's why I love working with mums because not only working with mums, I have such an amazing experience of it with five beautiful children and how intense it can be. But also changing us, we get to then share with our children all the tools that we've learned. And it just changed, I think, for my daughter who's able to process like that, what's her life going to be like, you know? And she's still going to have triggers because she's human. We all get to have them. Um, but she'll have all these amazing tools as life goes on that that even though, that even though I was in a loving family, I didn't have, I, I was we were definitely fixed, you know, or redirected, which is beautiful too because sometimes that needs to happen in that moment because, you know, sometimes you can't have the full, you know, um, four-hour sit-down meltdown with your child in, in the moment that you're in. Like it's sometimes that's just not possible for you and we get to even when, when you were talking then when you reflected back, we still get to meet ourselves with love because we're always doing the best thing that we can with the, with the tools we have. So we get to go. I can do something different in the future, but we don't get to beat ourselves up about what we did in that moment. Totally. And I think the uh, the funny thing in all of this is, especially as, uh, quote, grownups, which is anybody ever a grownup? I'm not really sure. Still, still to be decided on that one. But like, we have emotions about our emotions and we have emotions about how we should feel about our emotions and like that component. And I think a lot of 
speaking for myself, a lot of that comes from um, the redirect and the fixing from when I was little of like, oh, I'm not supposed to be crying or, oh, I'm not supposed to be feeling this way. So now I'm going to hold shame and guilt about feeling sad when, you know, it's just like such a funny domino effect. But I think it's really beautiful of what you brought up of, of the snowman example being something that continues throughout our experience in life because and I've talked about this before on this podcast, um, and we actually just did an episode a couple of weeks ago with Amy Louise Cash on different forms of trauma. And for 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 me, I had this belief for so long that because, like you, I had this childhood where my parents were not divorced, I was super blessed. Like I didn't have what a traditional, catastrophic, actual shock trauma looked like as a kid, that means that I was making it mean that I didn't have the quote right to feel the way that I was feeling. And what uh, Amy shared with us and what I've learned from this work is there are complex traumas like the snowman where your body, your nervous system grabs onto these ideas of um, what you're in that moment, your belief system is changing and that creates a whole new way of being and a new belief system, which then changes your experience in the world. And I think I just love bringing that up as much as I can, because that was such a big part of my healing was releasing the judgment around. I didn't have the traditional trauma that somebody experienced whose parents got divorced and dad was in jail and mom was selling drugs. And so that means that my experience isn't valid. Um, So I love to bring up this idea of like, there are things that happen as we are children that do shift our whole life and the way that we see things, even if it's not some huge event of, you know, sexual assault or physical violence or whatever, you're still creating the way in which you're living, even as a small child. And most of us create those beliefs and those complex traumas. Most of them are shifting our beliefs under the age of like 12, I think it is. And then we carry those forward for the rest of our lives. So it's like, do you want 12-year-old you making those choices? And I think that's where the timeline therapy um, gets to be so relevant and shape-shifting because we do make so many choices in how we see the world subconsciously um, when we're children. And I think that's where the motherhood role is is one of the most impactful, I mean, obviously motherhood is one of the most impactful um, experiences for a child, but but remembering that as we move through life and giving ourselves, like you said, some grace around, we get to do this with love and know we've all experienced belief shifting moments in life. And that doesn't need to necessarily be some huge, big defining moment. Um, and we get to have grace and love around what that looks like for each of us and, and the differences and honoring those too. I really love that, Emma, because I, I had a very similar experience going through my my work and and my um, going into my emotions and why I was feeling the way I was because I was like, hold on, I've, I had an amazing upbringing. So how, you know, do I have the right to then say I've got mm-hmm. all this other trauma here? So it's it's been a really interesting process with that. And, and um, I'd, I'd love to look into. So zero to seven is like our imprinting pray, phase. So if you think about how many huge catastrophic moments you have or very sad moments as a toddler or a four-year-old or a five-year-old or a six-year-old, 
like that's where our a lot of our trauma develops and sometimes we bring it through from past lives and and you know um passed down genealogically it's in our dna but it's it's if you think about the emotional thing so as an adult you're like oh what you know it's a snowman falling down like it's not the end of the world but for for them it was the end of the world you know Mm -hmm. and and they've created that moment it's their life experience and it's something that I get to move in more and more with my children is like actually honoring the emotions that they are experience at the time and where they're at instead of going yeah I don't think you should be feeling that way because (laughs) again shooting all over it you know like it's funny how much and I get to meet myself with love because you can you can go you can go into a spiral of what you what you should be doing and how you should be feeling. Um, yeah. But we get to keep bringing love into the situation and and honoring that we all have a process that we get to go through. And sometimes us not showing up in a way that's most effective is a learning that's very necessary for our child or for another human. Um, so we get to come back to trusting ourselves and trusting that we are doing everything we can with the skills that we have and and loving ourselves through it. Yeah. Even when there's moments that we perceive on reflection as not being so good. Yeah. Yeah. That's so beautiful. I love that. And I think just getting the awareness around paying attention to moving forward with love and grace with ourselves, with our kids and how everybody experiences the world is obviously different. And we get to honor each different way that people are experiencing, regardless of if you're a two-year-old or a 50-year-old, it gets to be the same honoring level. Um, Yeah, I love that. Uh, Okay. Tell us how people can find you and connect with you, how they can work with you. What do you have going on? Beautiful. I thank you very much. I um, come and follow me on social media, Instagram, realign dot with Raku, or on uh, Facebook, realign with Raku, and come and listen to me. Feel feel who I am, and feel it if you want to work with me because um, I this is my true passion. You know, finding where we're at in life and and realizing we keep pushing things aside as motherhood. Any in any area in our life and we keep pushing it aside like I'm not feeling good and I'll just push that aside and keep going and I'll just push that aside and then all of a sudden you look to that side pile and it's a giant molehill and you don't feel like a giant mountain and you don't feel like you can tackle it but if you have somebody to help hold you through it and teach you tools that make it really really easy to to get to that stage where you're unlocking more energy because if you think about how much energy you spend like this is my child now trying to jump in um if you think about how much energy you spend on on overwhelm and and um fighting the emotions if you can learn to walk through them and and i would love to help you do that then you can use that energy for good and use that energy for love and use that energy for feeling really good about yourself so please 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 come and see me realign with raku and i would love to help you feel calmer more energized and really in control of your emotions because that will change your life in such dramatic ways yeah. Yeah. So for all the mamas who are looking for some yum, this is your girl. I think that, um, I mean, this is a perfect example right here. Like you have one of your kids, like, hello, mom. And you're, just, you're able to stay present. And that's, that's like a, that's a beautiful thing. And, and, um, 
So yeah, I will link all of your stuff down below so people can come and find you. If you guys enjoyed this podcast, reach out to either one of us. We love to hear and connect with you personally and especially my mamas out there who are looking for some love and support. Get that from a judgment-free space where you feel safe and and truly heard and understood. And and Rochelle can really provide that for you. And I'll speak from my own experience of her. You are so yummy and like your spirit just radiates through you. So I I love getting to experience that. And thank you so much for being here. It's so much fun to, to get to jam with you. It's it's been my absolute pleasure, Emma. It's been um, a wonderful experience. I love sharing space with you and just seeing where you're at. I can hear my daughter's like, <laughs> she's like, "Hey, I want attention now." So, <laughs> I want to just I just want to drop so much gratitude for who you are, how you're coming, uh, how you're showing up in the world, mm-hmm. and for inspiring people to just move into their yum. Like, if we make it so much more simple, and your medicine is so powerful, and and I'm really grateful for you to keep stepping in and keep showing up because it's it's changing the world i know definitely for myself i'm i'm inspired on the daily by what you're bringing to the world so thank you Mm, thank you so much i'm so 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 receiving that and breathing it in so thank you yay uh, i'll talk to you soon my love thank you Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode or any episode of Living in the Yum podcast, please take just a minute and show it some love by subscribing, rating, and leaving a comment. This helps us to continue spreading the yum and changing lives across the globe. Speaking of, I work with clients in one-on-one settings around the world, and I'm so, so excited to announce to you my new 90-day one-on-one container, the Body Soul Lucian. If you know that you are feeling called and ready to really up-level your life, to shift your experience with your body and soul connection, drop me a DM at Emma M. Garrison on Instagram. I do have limited spaces available so that I can maintain the depth with my clients, but I would love to hear from you if this sparks. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to be here today with me. I so appreciate and value that. And I'm sending you so much love, so much light, and so much yum. I'll talk to you soon.